Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to season three of the Agile World, where we discuss customer and employee experience, organizational and workforce transformation, and how business can adapt and continually improve in an Agile age. The Agile World podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed in this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World podcast. I'm excited to introduce the final episode in a special three-part series about the talent strategies required to address the looming skills gap, build the future workforce, and accelerate transformation. This series is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Leslie Deutsch, Executive Director of Learning Solutions at Tech Systems. Leslie, uh, first, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background and what you do at Tech Systems? Sure. Thanks, Craig, uh, for having me here today. A little bit about me. I have been within the learning and development space for 20-plus years. Um, In my current role at Tech Systems Global Services, I am the Executive Director of our Learning Solutions team. Um, Tech Systems Global Services is a full-stack technology services provider. Uh, We're a team of 80,000 strong with over 6,000 clients um, across North America, Europe, and Asia. And we really work with companies to address their digital transformation and technology needs, including strategy, implementation, and talent services. I love helping to innovate our approach to learning and development and ultimately setting our customers up for long-term success. I'm based in Western New York with my family and really looking forward to today's session. Wonderful. Yeah, looking forward to talking with you. And so let's let's dive in here. So uh, the research firm IDC projects that by the end of 2022, the financial impact of the IT skills gap will grow to $775 billion worldwide. Mm-hmm. The financial impact is primarily a result of delayed releases of products and services, missed revenue, and increased costs. Let's uh, first start by defining what we're talking about today. So from your perspective, what is the skills gap and how is it impacting organizations? Yeah, you know, that's a really powerful stat from the IDC. Yeah. Uh, we all have been working within the shortage of technical talent for years. And quantifying that impact of the supply and demand challenge of skilled technical talent really magnifies the issue. And you add on top of that the unemployment rate of around 3.1% in technology jobs. Um, It's just, it's crazy. (laughs) The demands on organizations to keep pace with technology advancements are higher than ever. Um, the recent pandemic, you know, forced many organizations, digital transformation projects that they had in their pipeline to become swift realities overnight. And I, you know, you can't think of a single industry that wasn't impacted by the change that COVID uh, caused. And the skills gap um, and supply and demand of those skilled resources continues to be out of balance. Uh, I read something the other day about um, from the Bureau of Labor that there are six and a half times more IT job openings than we have people to fill them. And then it keeps compounding, right? With companies undergoing major digital transformations and adopting new cloud data and automation technologies, skilled people to help with these transformations 
continue to create a big barrier to technology adoption. And those demands on and for skilled IT professionals will only continue to grow with emerging technologies like AI, ML, and et cetera. Um, you know, looking in the future, uh, the top predicted jobs um, from the World Economic Forum, you know, really, you know, data analyst roles, data scientists, AI, machine learning specialists, um, just to kind of name a few. And the skills gap is very much alive today as companies are in the middle of these large digital transformation and technology adoption projects across the organization. And that skills gap continues to grow when you look towards the future. Um, and the roles that we are going to need and you know enabling an agile skilled workforce for today's needs as well as tomorrow's to help individuals and enterprises you know get back on track from the disruptions that really the last you know, 18 months have caused that's a that's a great overview um what are you seeing either of those things that you mentioned or maybe even something in addition what are you seeing that's causing you the most concern I'll borrow the cliche that the speed of change has never been this fast and yet will never be this slow again. <laughs> right, right. Our research shows that two out of five organizations believe they need to make major changes to their workforce to ensure that their digital initiatives are successful. And looking into the future with those continued advances in AI and automation, IDC predicted that it could lead to the creation of 97 million new roles by 2025. And while these are concerning and challenging, there comes great opportunities for employers to adapt their talent strategies so they can acquire and cultivate the skills they need to grow their business for the future. To get there, you know, companies must create a new talent experience that puts heavy focus on career growth, development, and upskilling workforce development strategies that are based on the strategic goals of the business and evaluating what skills are required to achieve those goals today and what skills are going to be needed for the future. The skill mapping process, you know, illuminates core themes that reveal where there's a where they have a skills surplus or a skills gap. And then armed with that knowledge, the company can target programs to grow skills where needed or shift resources to build for the future. You know, one example, um, you know, an organization could be really top heavy with backend development skills, but lack data engineering skills. And skill mapping can help create, you know, a learning curriculum to target those areas and cultivate the skills that a company needs for the future. You know, the flip side is that employees need to want to take advantage of this growth opportunity though, that comes with these challenging times. And your know, organizations, you know, need to build a learning culture and, and meet people where they are and support them as they learn and, and grow in their career. Why do you think that, um, you know, with all these jobs available, with all these, in you know, many cases, great companies just looking for talent for, you know, good good jobs and all that stuff. Why are employers having such a hard time finding the technical skills they need? You know, well, not only are they employers having a hard time finding skilled people, but some are struggling with keeping them too and retaining them. Um, we've all read about or experienced firsthand, you know, and I'm doing quotes, the great resignation, um, where the tech industry saw, you know, four and a half percent increase in resignations over the previous year. And, you know, I think single threaded approaches no longer work. 
you know, focusing on recruiting only experienced talent won't work. Um, everyone's competing for the same talent. And in many areas, the skilled people required, the skilled resources required simply don't exist at the volume needed um, for employers to drive their initi initiatives forward. And, you know, across the board with many organizations that we work with, individuals with those in-demand skills and experience can be very selective about the opportunities they decide to pursue. They simply, you know, they have more options. Um, you know, as evidenced by the, I think, nearly 6 million tech jobs posted online over the last 12 months. And as that demand for new capability outstrips the supply of talent with current skills, organizations need to acquire talent faster than higher ed can produce it. You know, many of your traditional corporate learning and development programs are too limited uh, and they're out of date. Um, and, and that's really having an impact on the business. And you, know, you combine that with organizations continually trying to fill technical talent gaps piecemeal and, and ignoring this bigger problem and failing to create a workforce strategy that meets the needs and the desires as a whole um, and is multifaceted, um, you know, including different talent acquisition strategies, skill development programs for your current employees, as well as you know, avenues to bring in junior or less skilled resources and, and build the skills that you need in those emerging areas. Um, you know, really you know, offering those career development opportunities, um, you know, I think is pivotal for organizations. Yeah, and to to kind of build on that, um, you know, you mentioned or inferred both reskilling as well as upskilling. So, you know, when companies talk about reskilling or upskilling, can you break down the differences and and maybe you know how does how does a company know which to approach uh, to take to a, to their workforce? Yeah, it can be confusing um, between the different terms, reskilling and upskilling. You know, they're both focused on building skills um, for resilient team members to impact the business. Um, to define each, if I, upskilling in its simplest definition is focused on learning new skills or teaching employees new skills. And there's different flavors of this. Um, an upskilling example, you know, one example would be, you know, taking less experienced technical resources and building the development skills for them to be productive within a development team. You know, and that upskilling program could combine recruiting and training to, to build that diverse, sustainable pipeline of entry-level talent um, for an organization. Another flavor um, is a role-based upskilling plans for employees. Um, for example, you know, building a learning journey for Java developers to learn how to use and leverage cloud technologies for developing and deploying apps. These, those role-based plans could apply for the role that they're in today or for advancing their into future roles. Whereas reskilling programs are really defined as learning new skills to do a different job or a different role. And as technology evolves, reskilling enables individuals who specialize maybe in legacy technologies to adapt their skill sets for new roles in emerging and, and growing technologies. Reskilling uh, programs focus on, you know, and help internal employees and employers kind of grow their current role um, and then have a program that upskills them as they prepare for their next role. So an example may be taking mainframe developers and up and reskilling them to become data science engineers. 
Um, these programs typically consist not only of those role-based learning paths, but coaching and mentoring as well. We've also seen with both of these types of programs, upskilling and reskilling, an emphasis on either um, as well as the technical skills, but building cognitive skills as well as part of the programs, critical thinking, decision-making, project management, uh, complex data processing and analysis um, to really kind of um, round out those programs. How does an organization solve these problems? I mean, you know, is saying something like, you know, we'll just invest more in training, you know, is that is that helping or, um, you know, or or not really moving the needle? Like what what does it really take to mm. uh, to move the needle on 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 what you're describing there? Yeah, you know, the trap with kind of looking at training as a once and done um, is, you know, you're, you're measuring kind of the success of, of an individual event. And when yeah. you look at, you know, upskilling and reskilling programs being more than just that formal training event, which they still, which those have a place, um, but the, our talent wants and needs more. Um, and so, you know, to really stand out and become an employer of choice, you know, organizations, you know, working on creating these career roadmaps and professional development plans, you know, help look beyond kind of just that one training event. And, you know, formal training, great for foundations, you know, employers or employees need to learn, um, you know, about some of those base skills. Um, but they're, what we're seeing now is employees really want more, um, informal learning and providing them a safe place to experiment and apply those skills in a sandbox and safe environment. Um, a recent survey by the F uh, Future of Jobs said that 94% of business leaders report that they expect employees to pick up new skills on the job. And learning, so to, to respond to that, you know, learning and development programs are really expected to blend different approaches. You know, drawing on you know internal and external needs and expertise, new technology tools, and then using both those formal and informal methods to build skills. Yeah, and to to maybe double down on the the learning and development teams, um, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? You know, what 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 are some ways that they can think about addressing these you know very real and and urgent skills gaps? Yeah, so you know where learning and development can meet the business and technology functions is to help provide and develop a workforce skills mapping across their teams. You know, note the focus on skills and, and not roles. What are those transferable skills across the organization? And having insight into what those skills are that you need today and what you need for the future combined with the data of where people are in those skills can really highlight where to target your upskilling and reskilling programs. Um, to start you know, on this um, journey of skills mapping, you know, you'll first need to identify you know, key categories or areas to align those future looking skills under what you'll need. Um, if, I if we were doing this with a standard development team example and walking through what that grouping could look like in those five categories, you know, you'd start with kind of your process and framework skills as one category. So for developers, that could be Scrum, Agile, you know, knowledge of the organization's overall software development lifecycle, 
Um, next, you'd start kind of looking at technical skills. And so within a, for a developer um, development team, you know, knowledge in multiple program language, you know, having the skills um, in different languages as well as cloud platforms is probably something that you would see in that category. Um, the third category, you know, functional skills. What, um, you know, knowledge on release and change management, testing, network. Um, there's, you know, a bunch of different things that you could put in that functional skills bucket for a development team. Um, fourth will probably contain some automation skills, test automation, performance testing. Um, and last but definitely not least, um, the big category is you'd have soft skills um, or human skills, power skills. Um, those would include collaboration, interpersonal skills, problem solving, flexibility. Um, we know these soft skills are not easy to train and that expertise comes with self-awareness and the knowledge of, of how they are being perceived, but it's definitely a critical category area when you're doing that skills mapping. And the depth in each of these categories or competency areas is gonna vary depending on the role and where you're going as an organization. But as, and as you progress through the different roles to align those future skills needed, you'll start to see where you have those gaps. And there will be some key skill areas that are consistent across many roles where you can offer more broad upskilling around and some that'll be very targeted skill development opportunities, but providing your team's visibility to where they need to go provides them a view into what that new world is gonna look like as you're going through that transformation or technology adoption. So realistically speaking, do you think that organizations are making real progress? I mean, with these, these big problems or are they, you know, managing to get by, but not really making progress. I do think organizations are making progress, you know, albeit slowly as there, you know, there's no silver bullet here, but you look at, um, you know, technology product and service corporations such as AWS and Google and Apple, they're investing in providing free training to, to obtain, you know, training and certifications on their products in services, you know, with target audiences of underrepresented groups or new graduates or people just interested in upskilling on these technologies. And these types of programs do impact current employers who can leverage within their own programs or recruit from them um, and those who have gone through it. Technical boot camp programs, they've been around for 10 plus years, um, but they're producing great results of diverse entry-level talent for employers boot camps really focus on you know quickly building foundation skills in software development or other areas in a highly immersive environment and traditionally these were very focused in a local area or in a region but due to, to covid the, it forced these boot camp companies to go virtual and to deliver virtually so now you know companies being prepared for remote and hybrid work they now have an increase to available talent that's been upskilled to pull candidates from different geographies. Higher ed, you know, continuing ed, bridge programs, they continue to teach digital skills to all their graduates, as well as providing curriculum and technical skills that may not have, um, you know, been perceived as part of their undergrad studies to assist them to get employed in technical roles. Um, you know, the measurement strategies and, and tracking progress on upskilling and reskilling programs look very different, you know, than your traditional training program. You know, targeted training programs are generally about keeping 
know, the lights on and addressing a specific and immediate gap. And when you look at, um, at upskilling and reskilling programs that are addressing you know, technical skills and potentially behavior changes, the measurement of effectiveness and impact is measured not only by the cost, impact, and ROI, but measuring productivity, employee morale, talent mobility, and you know, manager satisfaction to really be able to quantify you know, the impact of these types of programs. You know, there's studies out there that say as many as 50% of organizations don't have a plan to, to address a shortage of skilled um, tech workers. Certainly, there, there are many that, um, that are making progress, as, as you just said, as well. But for those that are, you know, let's say they're a little bit behind the curve and need to get started, you know, what are what advice would you have for them as far as some easy wins, some quick wins to just help them get started to, you know, start kind of climbing out of this um, in the, you know, the, in the engineering world, we call it technical debt, right? But it's, it's a, I guess it's employment debt, we could call it. Yeah, you know, I, I think the skills mapping um, analysis that I was talking about a few minutes ago, um, I would start with that. Um, additionally, you know, with any of these types, you know, programs, you know, that top-down sponsorship and buy-in um, from leadership um, to model the behaviors, show commitment to learning, as well as supporting the investments and resources needed in the plan and strategy is critical. Um, so getting that that sponsorship and buying, you know, cultivating a growth mindset on the teams, um, support experimentation, you know, um, within the teams, celebrate those failures as learning moments and, and picking up new skills or, or learning something that they can do better. Um, that does require that, you know, leaders manage and lead differently, um, you know, to allow and encourage mistakes as a growth opportunity. Um, you know, providing a learning platform if, if an organization, you know, does not have, um, you know, one that is easy to use, has the ability to share knowledge and interaction between people and teams with the learning as they're going through, um, I think is a critical piece. You know, a big part of building a, a learning culture is that social and team learning piece. So you need a platform that allows people to share with each other what they're learning their thoughts, their perspectives, and then discuss as a team how to apply or to experiment with them. Um, you know, rewarding, you know, rewards and recognition, re re reward what you value. You know, learning cultures value how people do something just as much as what they accomplish. You know, so whether that's badging, um, credentialing, public recognition, you know, maybe financial rewards for those that are exhibiting the behaviors you want and are looking for as you build a continuous learning culture is an important piece of that. And, you know, I think an effective, you know, workplace development strategy, you know, is going to require that continuous learning culture for an organization and an individual's willingness to participate and update those skills. But organizations that succeed will find that, you know, learning and development to be such a powerful and strategic advantage to remaining innovative and competitive in the future way of work. And, you know, a lot of what you're talking about certainly is, is based and, and built from, from your great experience at, at tech system. So I'd, I'd love to, as a last question here, love to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about, you know, what are some of the things that tech systems is, is specifically doing in this space that, that our audience could learn from? 
Yeah, so at Tech Systems, you know, one area that we have been focusing on is creating avenues and upskilling programs for junior or less experienced people to start their career in technology. So I, I can share a couple stories. Um, one, we were working with a, a large insurance provider to build skills in their local market in Angular development. And so we developed and delivered a comprehensive, you know, candidate training program to upskill and supply, you know, qualified entry level Angular JS developers. And included in that program was the analysis. Um, we did role-based design, um, recruiting. We rolled out all the training and coaching and mentoring with that. And um, through those different cohorts that we ran, they increased retention in their teams um, for both their entry level as well as for their senior developers by 13% and had a million dollar cost savings year over year. Another example within the financial services space was creating a recruiting um, mechanism um, from underrepresented groups to ensure that we were providing an avenue for diverse talent into their organization and then delivering an upskilling program that was focused on full stack web development skills. Um, we've run, run this several times for this customer and they've hired about 75 people over the last year. Internally, we leverage the same type of program you know, we recognize that we need to augment our recruiting as well. And we've created a full stack and Java developer program focused on building the technical skills in web dev, as well as the soft skills needed to work within our agile environment. And, you know, those soft skills are so critical uh, for the, their success in our organization. And so we focus a lot of the time in this program of coaching and mentoring them on, you know, communication and collaboration and, problem solving within an agile, you know, software development team. Um, and the big, you know, the takeaways I kind of would summarize is, you know, assess the skills you have today in your organization against the skills you need tomorrow, to tomorrow, um, the results of which will feed into your upskilling and reskilling programs, build a diverse recruiting and talent mobility strategy and foster a culture of learning in your organization that empowers and supports continuous growth, learning and career development for your employees. So they can see how they can grow their skills in the role they are in today and where they can upskill or reskill into the future needs of where your company is going. That's, that's great. Well, um, this has been a great conversation, Leslie. Really appreciate you sharing your perspective. Thank you, Greg, as well. Enjoyed our time together and appreciate you for providing this avenue to, to share and, and learn from each other as we are all collectively working together to create these opportunities and address these skills gaps that we're facing. Yeah, of course. Definitely, definitely love, love to hear your thoughts. Uh, again, I'd like to thank Leslie Deutsch from Tech Systems for joining the show. Learn more about Tech Systems and their perspective at techsystems.com. I'm Greg Kilstrom. Thanks for listening to The Agile World. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile World Podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, from my website at theagile.world.